Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is Emmy Award-winning entertainment journalist and my dear friend Dave Carger, and we're going to be talking about the Oscars, everything to do with Oscar, 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 my favorite show of the entire year. Welcome back, Dave. Nice to see you, Jan. Thanks so much. Nice to see you, too. So, let's just dig in. Where do we want to start? We want to start with uh, Best Supporting Actor. Let's start with that. Who do you th- it's a great list. It's uh, it's two of the guys from The Power of the Dog, Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith-McPhee. Troy Kotzer from CODA, the first deaf male actor ever to be nominated. Those are the ones I was particularly excited about. I'm thinking the for the win, it's between Troy Kotzer and Cody Smith-McPhee. And I think that if people really love The Power of the Dog, which they seem to, I think most of those people are going to vote for Cody. Nothing wrong with Jesse's performance, but Cody really is that movie. He's the one you're talking about at the end. So I think he's probably going to win. What do you think? You know, it's an interesting category. Um, there's a lot. I, you know, I was just reading a lot about Troy um, Kutcher, and I loved his performance in this. And you know how Oscar likes to make history, and Marley Matlin having been the very first deaf actress to win a Best Actress Award, I think in 1986, uh, for Children of a Lesser God, one of my uh, favorite movies. I think, and because she was in this film with Troy playing his wife, I kind of am leading towards Troy on this one. Just, yeah, it could, well I think it's a toss-up. Uh, yeah, you're right about Cody. Um, he's been acting for, since he was nine years old, um, and he's been around for a while. I, I have not. I, I don't believe I've ever seen him in anything before this role. So, if you if you did, you saw him in maybe The Road with Viggo Mortensen, which was based on the Cormac McCarthy book. It was like a two-hander with the two of them. That was that was a big break for him. But yeah, this I mean, this movie is his moment. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it, it is it's a toss up. I mean, I love. I kind of thinking. I was thinking. Well, Jesse Plemons. Wouldn't it be cool if he won and and Kirsten won? And wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> that they both won uh, and lots of celebrations in their home. The same thing what we what we'll talk about Harvey R. Uh, Bardem and, and Penelope Cruz. The same thing. But I don't think Hollywood's going to vote just so they can have a bigger party in their home. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this is an interesting category. Uh, it really interesting category. So we'll, we shall see. We will see when the SAG Awards are coming up. So uh, we'll see what happens with the SAG Awards too. So yeah, yeah. a lot of different people nominated for SAG in that category. As yeah, you said. I mean, there's, there's only two of the of the five Oscar nominees were also nominated for SAG Award. So, yeah, fascinating in that respect, too, uh, that that was the case. All right, let's go to Best Supporting Actress. This one seems fairly easy to predict at this point, maybe because Ariana DeBose seems to just have been cleaning up for West Side Story and some of the other prizes. And it's a role, the role of Anita, that has won an Oscar before, of course, for Rita Moreno. And I just think there's something irresistible about giving it to, to her. But it's not a done deal. I think Anjanou Ellis... Mm. Uh, for King Richard is terrific and a strong contender. To your point, I think Kirsten Dunst is a strong contender. So I don't think it's like a, a lock, but I think Ariana DeBose kind of is out front. Interesting. I, you know, and that, yeah, I, I just saw, I just saw the West Side Story is in my top five all time favorite films. So I was, I was kind of, of course, it came out during the height of Omicron. So I wasn't racing to the movie theater, but we, I did go see it this past weekend and I was, 
when Rita Marino started singing, the tissues came out with my friends and myself. We were all like, and I really, I really, really thought it was very excellent too. You know, I thought, why don't we make a masterpiece? But it was really, really wonderful. Um, yeah, that's an in- interesting because she hasn't been in anything else, but wouldn't that be, again, history? Giving the Best Supporting Actress uh, award to uh, to her in a role that you know Rita Moreno won many many well in 1961. So, yeah, that would be kind of a fascinating thing. But I am leaning towards Kirsten Dunst. Uh, I'm leaning on, on this category because she really, again, it was more of a instead of supporting. I felt it was you know obviously she could have been up for Best Actress in this role because it was such a meaty role. So it's yeah it's a, it's another toss up. Yeah, it could go. It could go that way too. It could. It could. I mean, you know. Then we have. You know, it's a great, a great category. With um, Jesse Buckley was wonderful in The Lost Daughter, and Judy Dench always is amazing. And you're right. um, And I I don't want to mess up her name. And Anjanui. Ellis, you know, Anjanou, Anjanou, Ellis. Um, yeah, yeah she's she, great. Yeah, so, so all of them, you know, they all deserved uh, the um, the nomination. Let's put it that way, for yep. sure. All right, let's go to actor in a lead role. Well, I mean, I, I love Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. I love Benedict Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog, Javier Bardem. And then you have Will Smith and Denzel Washington, who were both nominated in this category 20 years ago. And Denzel won. Oh, he I didn't know that. Training Day and Will Smith was in Ali. And then this year, I think it's going to be the flip. I think Will Smith will win this time, which would be his first win after three nominations. And I think King Richard did, did very well overall. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of support for the film. And I just think that there's a lot of people who feel like it's he's kind of earned it, you know, with this mm. performance and the career in general. So I think maybe a Benedict Cumberbatch upset if Power of the Dog really sweeps, but I think it'll be Will. Okay. that Well, I always love hearing your, your viewpoint and opinions on these things. I should mark these down, which ones you've chosen, but I'll remember afterwards. Uh, I think it's Benedict. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 well, we'll go. I just loved The Power of the Dog. Just loved the movie. It was, uh, for me, it was the best movie of the year. I mean, and there were many, you know, uh, good, great films this year, but that was, um, and I have not seen it on the big screen. I watched it at home. I, 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 I'd like to see it now. They are playing it uh, back in the theaters again. So I do want to go see it on the big screen with an audience and, and see what the reaction of the audience is. But Benedict is such a superb actor and absolutely everything that he does. I just, I, you know, imitation game. I thought, you know, I, I just love him in that role, many other roles. So um, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Benedict on this one, but it's you, you know Hollywood does do that. You know, oh well, they deserve it now. They've been nominated a number of times, but look at how many times Glenn Close has been nominated, and we all thought she I was know. going to win for the wife. You know, we thought that was a hands down done deal. Uh, and last year we were all shocked. We, you know, with uh, with. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. That was a real shocker last year because we all thought, you know, it was going to go to. Um, well, no, my jo- sorry. Chadwick. Yeah, Chadwick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you never know with Hollywood what's going to go. But do you think will? All right. We, so so far we're not we're not lining up. <laughs> That's good. That's what that means. There's some interesting races. It, it certainly does. It certainly does. Okay, best actress in a lead role. This one is tough. Yes. 
I don't think it's going to be Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. I don't think it's going to be Kristen Stewart for Spencer. And although I love Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker, I don't think it's her. I think it's down to Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter and Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, two women who have won before. Um, I am seeing a lot of people predicting Olivia Coleman and maybe I'm, I'm wrong. I think it's going to be Nicole. I, I think there's something to be said for her playing this iconic woman, proving everybody wrong, uh, adding all these dimensions to Lucille Ball and making us understand her and look at her in a different way. And she's doing such great work overall in her career. So I don't feel super confident on the prediction, but mm-hmm. that's my prediction. Interesting. I'm looking forward to interviewing Nicole on the red carpet when she comes to uh, the Santa Barbara International Film Festival. You know, this is a tough one. I, the only reason I'm leaning against Nicole, um, not Nicole, uh, Olivia Coleman, is because she's just won, you know, two back to back, relatively back to back Oscars. You know, I mean, it, and she is, she's marvelous. She's marvelous, um, always, uh, in whatever she does. But the fact that she just won for the favorite, you know, a couple of years ago, and last year, didn't she win Best Supporting Actress for? The father? She didn't win. Oh, last she didn't. Year. She didn't um, win. She was nominated, and okay. she was phenomenal. And last year, the support actress was uh, Yoo Jung Yoon from Minari. Oh, why did I forget that? Okay, I just blanked that one out too. All right. Well, it- fabulous in the father i just love that performance yeah yeah i did too so interesting i don't know i'm i'm i'll be honest with you i'm leaning towards jessica chastain in this in this category i would love it huh? i mean that, that performance was just phenomenal and the makeup team was nominated so it's, it, you know it, it, i would put her third right now so i don't think it's out of the question but god that would be a thrill yeah well you you no. know you, you go ahead say it again he's been nominated twice before yeah for the help and for zero dark 30 and you know without a win so just like will smith could be a first time winner on his third nomination it's certainly possible for jessica as well yeah i you know you but you have your ear more in in the uh into hollywood than i do even and so yeah so you know more of the buzz that's going around uh, well, a little because no one's around you know and we're not all getting together and chatting as much as we normally would right so it's it's hard to gauge the sentiment it's hard to predict this year i think yeah well we have a little we have what five or six weeks to go so we have a while before we uh yeah but i would like to see jessica i i thought just that she was just amazing in that role i mean obviously you know she carried it so yeah it's an interesting uh race this year it really is when we can go you know sometimes you know there's so many locks on things you go oh it's just gonna be that and that's gonna lock it all up and and it's not that actually over the last few years that has been less and less of the situation. I mean, it's been more all over the place. And that's because of, of changing the academy and adding more people and more diversity. So it's changing things. And that makes it interesting, you know, really interesting. There's been some real surprises in the nominations the last few years, surprises with the winners. And that's all we can ask for. Otherwise, I mean, I'll always watch the Oscars no matter what happens. Oh, but me it's too. Definitely more fun. I will always watch the. I've watched them since I was a little girl. So. Oh, I never miss them. That's my favorite. It's like, you know, Christmas. <laughs> oh, good. Are you going to be doing any red carpets or anything this year? Don't know quite yet. Um, waiting to find out a couple things, see if they pan out or not, or will I be home? 
Okay, um, well, you'll have to let me know because uh, if you are, we'll put that when we uh, put out the blurb about the show. <laughs> so, okay, let's go to best director. Well, after you and I have just talked about how there's not that many locks, I think best director is the one lock uh, of the major categories, and it is Jane Campion. Yeah, for the yeah. I, I think no matter what happens with best picture, if even the power dog doesn't win, I think she will win. Yes. And that'll be really interesting because up until now, there's only ever been two female best director winners. Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland last year. So we could get back-to-back female Best Director winners, which I think would just be really exciting. And I I think... Um, what Jane Campion was able to achieve with just the look and feel of that of that film, and also adapting the screenplay, it's uh, she's got to win. Well, I you know I agree, and it's well deserved. So it's not like we're just you know giving it out because she's a woman. You know, I mean, it's a well deserved award for her. I agree with you one thousand percent. I I believe she did a phenomenal job with with the power of the dog, and I just again I just love the movie. Um, I actually had to start watching it twice, and I couldn't watch it because I felt it was going to be too depressing. <laughs> and then when I was preparing for the show, I had to make sure I watched all the Oscar-nominated uh, shows and performances. And I then I watched it, and I was just like, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, very powerful film. Well, let's go to f- best film. Now that I do think this is, yeah, it's turned into a race between The Power of the Dog, which had the most nominations this year, and Belfast. Uh, Dune had the second most nominations, but it didn't get a Best Director nomination. I, I never have thought that Dune was a threat to win Best Picture, even when I thought it was going to get maybe the most nominations of any movie, which it ended up not. Um, I do think it's between Belfast and The Power of the Dog for the win. Those are my two favorite movies of the year, actually. So I'll be thrilled personally with either of them winning. I was really bullish on Belfast all season long, but then it underperformed a little bit at the nominations. It didn't get an editing nomination. It didn't get a cinematography nomination. Katrina Balfe and Jamie Dornan were not nominated, which was surprising. So I'm thinking The Power of the Dog is going to win, although I am hoping that Kenneth Branagh wins Best Original Screenplay. I think Jane Campion will win Adapted Screenplay for Power of the Dog, but I would love for Kenneth Branagh to win because he now has eight Oscar nominations in his career in seven different categories, which is more than anyone ever. I know. Um, that I, so I would love for him to actually win his first Oscar for this very personal film. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I do. I, lo- I loved Belfast. And I was shocked that Katrina Belf and Jamie Dornan did not get nominated. But you will be talking to them at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival at the Virtuoso Awards. Um, yeah, and- you know what? There's there's bad news and good news on that front. No. Uh, Jamie Dornan can't make it. But Kieran Hines, his co-star from Belfast, oh. will be and he was nominated. Yes. So we still have two people from Belfast who are who are coming. Yeah. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Well, I did. I loved Belfast, too. I, I thought that was a, you know, I loved how he filmed it, the black and white, you know, everything. It was just, a, it was a beautiful, a beautiful film. But I, I am choosing The Power of the Dog. Um, again, I just felt there was, there's something about that, the, the cinematography, the music, um, the acting, all of it, you know, every piece of it um, was just spectacular for me. I just loved it. So, yeah. What was a surprise for you with the nominations this year? You know, there's always this, you know, the people who tend to run as the front runners and, um, and then, you know, they don't get nominated. I mean, I mean, Lady Gaga's one uh, that everybody was just like shocked that she didn't get nominated. Um, so what, what for you, what were the, 
you know, the shocking uh, eliminate people who didn't get nominated that you thought perhaps would? Yeah, I think House of Gucci was the big one. That was a movie that ended up just, I think, getting one nomination for its makeup um, and hair team. That was it. But I thought Jared Leto and Lady Gaga were in line to get uh, some big nominations. Jennifer Hudson not being nominated for Respect was, was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought she did a really great job yes. Um, yes. in that. Of course, Denis Villeneuve, the director of Dune, it mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite movie, but I thought just because of what a huge undertaking it was that he would be nominated um, as best director and and he wasn't. Um, and then I think a lot of people are surprised by how well the movie Drive My Car did, this three hour long Japanese film. I actually ended up predicting that it would be nominated in Best Picture just because it had come on very strong with some of the critics prizes um, late in the season. But that's one that I think took some people by by surprise for sure. I, I agree with you. I, you know, again, Drive My Car would not have been a film that I necessarily would have gone to, especially seeing that it was a three-hour subtitled movie. And you go like, oh, no, it's Snooze Zone. Anyhow, it was anything but. It was, I sat there the whole time. Unfortunately, I have two friends who fell asleep during the exact same time in the movie, not together. <laughs> they weren't together when they did. And I said, are you kidding me? It was the most pivotal point of the movie that you both fell asleep. And they both did it. And I thought, that's the pivotal point. of." I had to go t- tell them all about it and everything. But I was I was riveted. I, you know, I might have been able... I, it was interesting to me. And, um, you know, after the first... I'm going to call it the first act. Credits rolled. Well, and I, opening credits. You know, yes. But, yeah, after, you know, the, we're into the movie for like an hour. And I was like... Oh, why are the credits? This is supposed to be a long movie. And then it kept, then it kept going. And that was like, I felt like the first act. And I kind of wish if they had broken it up into three acts, if they had done that again, that would have been kind of an interesting way to do that film and break it up a little bit, you know, although it was, because it was almost like three acts, you know, when you yeah. think about the film. But I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. I, I mean, it was one that you think about too. I love it when you go to a movie. And afterwards, you sit there and you're thinking about it and you're talking about it and you have discussions about it and, you know, what did that mean and all the different layers to it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not a movie that is spelled out for you, um, Drive My Car. It's a movie that's very lyrical and kind of a, it's a vibe as much as it's a story and you you kind of fall right in. Exactly, exactly. And what other surprises? Um, I mean, though, I think some people were surprised by... Uh, the Worst Person in the World being nominated for Best Screenplay. That's the uh, Norwegian film. It's also mm-hmm. nominated for um, Best International Film. So that was a bit of a surprise. Ruth Negga, I think, was in line to do very well with her movie Passing on right. Netflix, and she was nominated. Um, and then, as we talked about before, I think Katrina Balfe and Jamie Dornan, who are just so much the heart of Belfast, and I, I was very disappointed and surprised that they didn't get nominated to. I thought they were great. Yeah, I agree with you, um, and I, and I also agree with you about Jennifer Hudson. I was rather shocked because I thought she did a real brilliant job of portraying Aretha Franklin. It has to be very difficult, and the fact that Aretha Franklin had handpicked her to play her. I, I mean, yeah. does that? I mean, that's what an honor. I mean, and and she's she was so gracious about about that, and and felt 
the weight of that on her, probably even more so. You know, sure. No. And I think, but yeah, I think what happened this year is that the Best Actress race had a lot more real substantial candidates in it than the Best Actor race did. I think you could make a whole other group of five actresses who weren't even nominated because of Lady Gaga, Jennifer Hudson, and Rachel Zegler from West Side Story, and mm-hmm. Alana Haim from Licorice Pizza, and Amelia Jones from Coda. That would be a separate five that would have been just as fabulous as the five who were nominated. You can't do that with the actor race this year. No. Was more slim pickings for, for Best Actor. Yeah, and just, and the, you know, I, I want to talk to you about this because they, in 2009, decided to um, have 10 nominations for Best Picture. And there have been many years where they didn't choose 10. You know, it was around seven, something, I think one year was seven or eight. And this year, for they've, what I've understand, and you may, you know probably much more about this than I do, that they really got, they've been getting backlash that they haven't chosen 10 films, I think, and that they decided they really needed to choose 10 films. Is that correct thinking or not? So, they, so you're right. So a little over 10 years ago, they decided to have 10. Then after a couple of years of having 10, they changed the rules so that you a movie had to get a certain number of number one votes in order to qualify for a nomination. And they dictated that it would be between five and ten dependent on how many movies mathematically made the cut mathematically by that system it was almost impossible for there to be 10 it's kind of boring i won't bore your <laughs> listener, but it just was next to impossible there to have been 10 which is why you saw there were eight or nine pretty much every year for the past five or six years right now this year you're right they have mandated now starting this year 10 best picture nominees no matter what which is i think why you saw a movie like drive my car or nightmare alley get in there i think you can make the argument or maybe even don't look up. I think you could make the argument that there would have been, it would have been seven or eight under the old mm-hmm, system, but mm-hmm. then a couple of those other ones kind of got in there and, the, and, and rounded out the, the tent. Yeah, interesting. I loved Nightmare Alley. I mean, you know, I thought that was beautifully done. I mean, again, another one I thought, you know, I mean, during the pandemic, I didn't want to watch anything that was really heavy, you know, which was like, so it's like, I want to be uplifted. So, but again, I, I, I braced myself and said, okay, I'm going to watch. I loved it. I loved, well, I, I love Guillermo del Toro, anyhow. I loved Shape of Water and got the chance of interviewing him and meeting him. And I just think he's marvelous. And I just love the whole film. I would love to find out um, with your, your partner, Eddie Muller, has, have you talked to him about this film since... <laughs> It's no, I haven't. I actually had Guillermo del Toro and his wife, who he wrote the movie with, on TCM with me. They were guest programmers with me when the movie came out, and they chose two other film noir classics or lesser-known film noir classics that uh, inspired them as they were working on Nightmare Alley. So that was uh, a total thrill to spend oh, you know hours with them. And yeah, really hear about their love for that type of movie. But I think you're right. I think you alluded to how beautiful that film is, and I think its production design and um, some of those aspects of the cinematography, I think, really helped uh, the Academy members appreciate the film overall because the performances are terrific. Oh, they are. And, you know, and then I guess they released it in the theaters in black and white. And it seemed like the more people were going to see the black and white version than the color version. So I thought that was fascinating, too. I'd love to talk to Eddie about this. I will next time I have him on the show. <laughs> We'll have to talk. Well, you can go talk to him too, but uh, I definitely want to uh, talk to him about this. I, you know, when I was doing my research back in the 30s, they did have 10 nominations for Best Picture, you know, for many years. Huh? Sometimes even more than that. There were some years where there were about 16 nominations for 
for best picture. It's it's wow. been fluctuating for many years, you know. But of course, for our lifetime, it, we're used to there being five, right? Which is, you know, I was one of the people who didn't love the the, the supersized best picture race. I I wish it was back to five. I agree with you one hundred percent. I wish it was back to five. I, I do because it just makes. I think when I mean yes, there's always going to be deserving pictures, but I think making it a tighter race um, makes it. You know, I think when you win and it's been in a tighter race, I think it maybe is more rewarding in a way because you're, you know, in, in a verified country, uh, a group of people. So, uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, Dave, it's always great. Do you have any other um, predictions or picking picks like best documentary or costume design, anything that, you know? Yeah, I, I think Drive My Car will definitely win best international film. I think Billie Eilish's song from No Time to Die, the James Bond film, will win yeah. best song. I think Hans Zimmer stands to win for best score for Dune. I think Dune's going to do very well in you know the visual effects and sound and score races. So I think it'll be a good night for, for that movie, for sure. Good. Well, one of my favorite movies this year was the James Bond film, No Time to Die. <laughs> so it was one that really got me back in the movie theater again. I'm going to miss Daniel Craig as James Bond, for sure. I am, too. Oh, Dave, it's always such a joy having you on the show. And I look forward to our annual Oscar show every year, and uh, it's always a pleasure. So thank you again for coming on, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, take care, Jan. You, too. Thanks. If you've missed any of the Jan Price shows all about movies, please go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Play, Google Play, you name it, we're there. Also go to our YouTube channel and subscribe and like us there, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.